In the throne speech this week, the BC NDP government pledged to provide five days of paid leave to people leaving domestic and sexual violence situations. Well, when BC Liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson was asked about the throne speech and what was uh, provided in that speech, he had some interesting comments. So let's take a quick listen to this soundbite from earlier in the week. So what do you think about this throne speech? Well, it's a huge disappointment because there's absolutely nothing in it. They basically talked about what's happened in the last two years and offered next to nothing uh, for the future. They talked about guns in hospitals, which nobody has ever heard of. They talked about rural policing, and they talked about five days pay for people who are in a tough marriage, and that's it. So there was some people out there who had some concerns around that phrasing when he basically referred to people who are living in domestic violence situations as being in a tough marriage. Now, following those comments, the B.C. Liberal leader did apologize. He wrote on Twitter saying, quote, this was the wrong choice of words and I got it wrong. Victims of domestic violence need their voices heard and are unwavering support and I want everyone to know that they have that with me, end quote. So, um, you know, obviously some people out there weren't too happy and uh, he obviously was able to realize that his choice of words maybe wasn't something that everyone would agree with. So he did uh, retract that a little bit, but uh, you know, there are, like I said, some people there who were a little bit offended by just how he referred to those victims. Here now to respond to that initial comments and the subsequent apology is the NDP's Parliamentary Secretary for Gender Equity, Mitzi Dean. Mitzi, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and speak to me here today. Thank you so much for your interest in this. Yeah, so I just want to start by getting your initial reaction to the original comment that Mr. Wilkinson made. So clearly you weren't too happy with the way that he portrayed the issue uh, by referring to people who are in a difficult marriage as the those who are experiencing sexual violence and, 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 uh, and domestic violence being in a difficult marriage. Not, not the best choice of words in your opinion. Well, it shows the lack of understanding of the issue. It shows a lack of compassion for people who experience sexual assaults and domestic violence and just shows, again, that the leader of the opposition is out of touch. Now, he did, like I mentioned there, respond via Twitter, uh, you know, apologizing for, for what he had said and, and the way he had said it. But, uh, you know, I, I guess, how do you feel about that apology itself? Were you, were you happy to see that he, uh, you know, did make the apology and, and did say that he was, I guess, sorry for the, the terms that he used? Well, I mean, really, he was just saying that he thought that he used the wrong words. It's absolutely shocking that his first initial response was saying that it was a tough marriage. You know, it shows a real lack of understanding of the prevalence of the incidents of uh, domestic violence and sexual assault across our province. It's a real priority for me and for my team. Um, and we also need to recognize that Indigenous women, for example, experience domestic violence 2.7 times more than non-Indigenous women and sexual assault three times more. So we have some really serious issues here that our government is actually trying to tackle and address. So what, what is it about it that I guess concerns you most is that, uh, you know, there are a lot of people who probably have a, a similar viewpoint to Andrew Wilkinson and that, you know, they may not be very empathetic or sympathetic to, to people who are in these kinds of difficult situations. And when you hear a leader of a party, a political party, using this kind of terminology referring to people, uh, you know, who are experiencing some form of domestic or sexual violence as being in a difficult marriage, um, that's clearly a, a portrayal of how a lot of other people in this province would feel as well. I mean, what, what are your concerns? just about the fact that a political leader would have those kinds of comments and, and the fact that it does reflect on a large portion probably of our population. 
Well, exactly. I think it's irresponsible. He's in a position of leadership. Um, you know, and I do think that leaders of political parties should be better understanding of exactly what happens in our BC communities. And of course, you know, let's not forget that this was the party that um, actually closed down women's centres, cut back services and resources in the community, shut down sexual assault response centres for women. And so it's really indicative of you know, what would happen in the future if his party actually was in government. It's very worrying for women across the province, for um, anybody who's a victim of any of these uh, violent crimes. And, you know, let's remember the transgender community as well, who are also over-targeted. Um, you know, we're, it's really concerning that if leaders of political parties don't understand the issue, that the resources won't be there and that people won't be able to access the services that they need, where they need them and when they need them. So what do you think needs to be done, uh, you know, for people who have this sort of like mind as Mr. Wilkinson does? Uh, what do you think has to be done to really, uh, you know, put it into their heads that, uh, you know, these aren't, um, you know, easy situations to be in? I think people probably, you know, on the surface understand that being a victim of these kinds of situations is not something that's easy to deal with. But uh, clearly there's a large portion of the population that just brushes it off. So what, what do you think needs to be done to get it into people's minds that, you know, these people that are... Are, are dealing with these really tough positions and being in a situation where they are being taken advantage of, um, you know, to make sure that they're not being overlooked and, and they're not being just sort of brushed aside. Is there, is there, you know, a letter campaign or do is it a matter of, um, you know, people writing to Mr. Wilkinson to say, you know, I'm not okay with how you portrayed uh, victims of domestic violence and we need this to change. What, what can be done to really drive that message home? Yeah, and there are a lot of initiatives that our government is supporting. I mean, if people want to write to Mr. Wilkinson to, um, you know, explain to him that he needs to actually become better educated on these issues, then I guess that's something your listeners might want to think about. But for the general population in British Columbia, we have the Be More Than a Bystander um, campaign, which is run out of the Ending Violence Association of BC, which is um, like sportsmen actually standing up and talking about these issues that... Um, you know, affect so many people across our province and make it make it accessible to people who might not otherwise be educated on these matters. There's the Moosehide campaign. They have a, a fasting ceremony and a march here in Victoria, and that's coming up in the next couple of weeks. We run campaigns on post-secondary institution campuses now to um, try and educate people about consent around sexual assault, for example. So, that, you know, there are ways that um, we can actually try and get the word out and try try and uh, make sure that people understand what is not acceptable. You know, it is not acceptable to use violence with your intimate partner. And yet, you know, women experience um, really high rates of intimate partner violence. It, you know, and sexual assault as well. We know that people need to be better educated on consent and take better responsibility for their actions as well. I think for people who have experienced sexual assault, domestic violence, um, you know, it's, it's re-triggering, it's re-traumatizing, it uh, is really abusive to have somebody as a public figure to really dismiss those experiences. And I know for all your listeners out there, there's someone who's listening now, there are people who are listening now who have got friends and family who may be experiencing domestic violence, may have been sexually assaulted, and they need to know that their government is there to, to look out for them and protect them, and uh, we will deliver the services that they need. And if anybody has been abused, assaulted, 
please reach out and find the resources that you need. Yeah, I appreciate you, uh, you know, bringing some attention to a number of those initiatives. That are, I think they're important to, to make sure that uh, the word does get out that there are supports available. And, and just for those who maybe are ignorant, I guess, you know, uh, to, to the issues that come along with being a, a victim of domestic or sexual violence, um, you know, people need to have a little more empathy or a little more sympathy to those people than, than clearly some, some people out there do. Um, I, I did want to ask, too, I mean, since they kind of came up as a result of, of these comments um, just talking about what was in the throne speech itself with that five days of paid leave for victims uh, of domestic or sexual abuse I mean can you just take me through why this you think this is an important piece to have in there and why it's a good initiative moving forward to make sure that there is a, a few days of paid leave for people who are in these ex- these situations to try to get out well it's really important because it's such a traumatizing time and then there are also so many other things that people need to do to rebuild their lives so for example uh, somebody might be getting away from domestic violence which means they've actually got to move um they might have to find new schools for their kids um someone who has experienced sexual assault might need to have medical attention might need to have a forensic um, assessment done there's often uh involvement of lawyers of uh the court system and all these things place demands on people at a time when they've just been traumatized and they need help and support um and they're, they're having to you know put themselves at risk of maybe losing their job or not having enough money to to take care of their family um, and so it's really important that they have that stability and they have access to paid leave, which can be taken in small um, times, not necessarily just in one big, mm-hmm. one big chunk, because these things take a long time. It takes a long time to rebuild your life after you've experienced domestic violence or sexual assault. And I, you know, I agree with you. I think out in, out in general in society, there are rape myths and there are stereotypes. We, we have to continue doing the work of breaking those down and if we can work with employers and help them understand what the impact is of domestic violence and sexual assault through uh you know making sure they understand what their what the rights of workers are to this paid leave then that's another way of raising awareness and of debunking those myths and making sure that victims aren't blamed and making sure that uh the, the response is appropriate and compassionate and uh, people can actually be supported early in the process so that they'll be more successful in recovery. Yeah. Uh, hopefully there are majority of employers would, would feel that way and, and are sympathetic and empathetic to that. And, and you know, I, I think that's always the the concern I have is when people, um, you know, want to take this time off to make sure their lives are in order and, and make sure they're in a, a safe situation that sometimes employers may not be so forgiving of that time. Is, is that something that you have any concerns with? Well, when we did consultation, we did work, we did um, consultation focus groups with employers, representatives, as well as with labour, as well as with um, people serving women in the women's sector. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, employers are experiencing the impact on their workplace now already, because people are being sexually assaulted, there is domestic violence. And so there's absenteeism from work, for example, there are risks 
um, associated with, you know, potentially people coming to the workplace and and, and making the workplace a, a vulnerable or a threatened place. Um, there's low productivity um, for, for if, um, if maybe, you know, in some situations where someone's experienced domestic violence or sexual assault. And, you know, for, for employers, the investment in helping people recover and rebuild early on and in a healthy and a successful way means that they've then got an employee an employee who's much more functional, much more effective, much more engaged. Um, and so, you know, there are there are lots of positives to it because at the moment there's a there's a downside in the sense that um, you know, some people wouldn't would, would actually just keep trying to come to work or would just be off from work far too much. And that's an issue that employers recognise as well. And the, the employers' representatives that we spoke to, you know, they are empathic. To, you know, they're very sympathetic to this. And I think they do see that, you know, it, it's a, it's a, it'll be a small proportion of employees. Um, and as I said, you know, that the issue is already there and impacting the workplace anyway. So this way will actually hopefully mean that uh, the recovery is sooner and faster and stronger. And then the employee is, is a much more effective person in the workforce. Perfect. I have one more question for you, Mitzi, before I let you go. Um, I have done interviews in the past with uh, the BC Federation of Labor about this exact subject, uh, and I believe it was in the fall they had launched a campaign that was lobbying for 10 days of, of paid leave for victims of domestic and sexual violence. Uh, so, I mean, five days, is it's a start. I mean, do you believe that's enough? Do you believe there needs to be more? Um, you know, just what is your opinion on that five-day time frame as it stands right now? Yeah, well, we did a scan across all of the provinces um, in Canada, and some of them only provide one or two days. Um, so by providing five, we'll be up there with um, the other provinces that are, that are providing that amount. I really appreciate the work that the Federation has done in terms of its advocacy and its negotiating as well. So some union members in their collective agreement have 10 days. You know, this is, we listen to lots of different groups, as I said earlier on, and so this is where we've landed for now and obviously we'll we'll keep it under review and um you know always happy to hear more feedback on that well mitzi thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me i really appreciate it i think it's a really important subject and hopefully our uh, political leaders here in bc will be a little more careful with the words they use in the future but even more important than that um you know be a little more uh, up to date on, on their actual opinions as well so thank you so much thank you for that that was the BC NDP Parliamentary Secretary for Gender Equity, Mitzi Dean. We're talking about those uh, comments made by Liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson yesterday when he referred to victims of domestic violence as people who are in a tough marriage. Like I said, uh, Wilkinson did go on to apologize for his choice of words, um, but still some concern just about what that overall terminology means. Uh, I know we live in this PC world where uh, everyone is scrutinized maybe a little too much for some of the things they say, but it is important to be uh, sympathetic when dealing with uh, people who are going through tough situations. And, and not undermine those situations that they might be in. Uh, there was a quote here also from the End Violence BC who said, uh, BC Liberal leader Wilkinson's characterized domestic violence today as a tough marriage, or this was from yesterday, um, they say it's much more and we beg you to get informed as domestic and sexual violence occurs upwards of 60,000 times a year in BC alone and deeply affects whole families. So definitely uh, some, some numbers and some stats to keep in mind. There's 60,000 times a year in British Columbia alone that someone is a victim of domestic and sexual violence. That's uh, an alarming figure and, and definitely something that people need to uh, take into account when, when referring to victims.